Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Venturn. I'm joined in the studio by Tricia Casson and Kayla Walton. And before we begin with our discussion, Kayla, could you open up in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for all the gifts that you have given to us. Lord, I pray that you may just give us the grace to truly see you in every moment, whether it is filled with joy or solitude or sorrow or happiness. We ask this all in your name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for praying. Uh, Kayla, it's, uh, I, we're, we, as you can <laughs> probably hear, we're missing one of our cohorts, Joel Yarmish. So it's, I'm kind, I kind of have like a a thing to do when I say people's names. I have like a list. It's not mm-hmm. that I'm ranking people. It's just it's how it all falls out of my mouth. Sure. And I guess so, I've never noticed what rank I am. I should probably look into no, that. No, there's no rank. Oh, I guess go back on shows on SacredRadio.com. Maybe that's what I'll have to do. <laughs> yep. But you notice, like, there's a friendship that we have among us, and but you know, and often a reoccurring topic that we often have is the distinction between solitude and loneliness. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it on, you know, different shows before. I, I, I think we talked about on friendship or, yeah. you know, in, in certain aspects. So, context. so I would mm-hmm. like to kind of really focus in on the discussion of, you know, the difference between solitude and loneliness. Yeah, I think that, you know, Father Nick, in today's society, the um, the concept of loneliness is really glorified um, and almost, you know, we were in school, we had what mm. we would call like emo music. And <laughs> I'm very it, well like, aware of that. Right, we're right. And it was almost like this darkness and it was like this loneliness is is highlighted. And I don't want to say glorified in the sense of like, oh, it's so good, but glorified in the sense that like it's very common in today's society and in today's music and movies and everything mm-hmm. else that loneliness is just simply as a part of life. And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes you just brought we back had, a whole slew of yeah, like songs yeah, that I would listen, you know, like <laughs> Fallout Boy, Lincoln I mean, Park. <laughs> yeah, we can look from the history of time until today and clearly see that loneliness is a part of life and it, it hasn't gone away from the history of time. However, I do think that it's intensified with millennials. Yeah. I think we're maybe the loneliest generation. I don't know if I agree with that. Really? Who's lonelier? I mean, everybody. I mean, that is the... Everybody. Oh, Father, what kind of answer? I mean... I mean, but here's the thing. I mean, everybody experiences... We just talked about everybody experiences loneliness. I know, but not everybody grew up in an era where social media takes away, like, actual personal communication. But here's the thing. I would just argue social media makes the loneliness more poignant. More, we're aware of the fact that everybody's alone. You know, that's well, maybe so. Maybe we should like regroup a little bit and instead of <laughs> like see, diverting. Strong, right. yeah. So I'm going to be the mediator between Trisha and Father Nick, and For really the just first like time right. Ever. Oh, okay. Thank you, Trisha. <laughs> and really just boil down like what <laughs> this is out of control. Um, really boil down like what what do we mean by loneliness? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's all different terms. So there's being alone. There's solitude. There's loneliness. There's you know, it's all of these different terms. And so I think that the loneliness that we're talking about today is... Like an isolation. But yes. I also think it's undescribable. I mean, we can put term on term on term on term and make this really complicated. But everybody who's listening knows what loneliness feels like, mm-hmm. like in the depths of our heart. And I guess what I, I'm saying, though, is that we're going to have to differentiate between loneliness and solitude. So how are loneliness and solitude different? I don't know. You're the principal. I... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I can just okay, specifically call the Socratic method. I'm trying to help you get to the answer. I mean, I would, yeah. I would say that you know, loneliness is that like that fear of saying I am me and not someone else. Yeah. Like, I that's... think loneliness can be despairing, and solitude okay, can be like fruitful. Okay, but loneliness good, good. can be fruitful too. I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is just uh, like a game of words. Well, yeah. but I think that I think that you hit the nail on the head that we really need to look into is like loneliness has a negative connotation. Like if someone says I'm really lonely, yeah. we never ever ever have a positive thought yeah, that's associated think, with oh, that. Oh, that's good for you. Right, but like if someone <laughs> says like I am living in solitude right now, like that can have Or I just want some alone time. Right, I want some solitude or okay. like there's the solitude I think can find can have a peacefulness. And so I guess what we should probably do is figure out like, what can we do with our loneliness to somehow transform it into solitude? Mm-hmm. Because in solitude, that's where we'll find fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll just kind of give my own personal testimony. My sister has been in Israel the last um, two and a half months, and I'm so proud of her. And she's a medic. Um, well, she's a nurse, but she decided to be a medic over in Israel. Mm-hmm. And I would say the first month that she was gone, we lived together. Um, and I would say the first month that she was gone, I was like experiencing that loneliness. I would come home from work. Um, you know, I'd work like a 12 hour day and then I would come home to an empty, lonely house. Um, and, and so it was really like, it's really been a transformation of my heart the last month to really transform that loneliness into the beauty of solitude so that I do look forward to going home, not because I'm a loner. I'm like a very, I think that I'm a very social person, mm-hmm. but because yeah. like there's beauty in that solitude and there's beauty in, in that. And so I think that that's something we just really need to kind of grapple with is let's transform this loneliness into fruitful solitude because that's what our world needs. And that's a question that often gets asked of me as a priest is like, well, Father, aren't you so very lonely? You don't mm-hmm. have a wife. You don't have, you know, a family to go mm-hmm. home to. And it's like, well, you know, it really, I mean, part of it's my personality and part of it's how I approach my vocation. You know, my personality is, is that once I interact with a bunch of people, I kind of do prefer just to, you know, go back to my room, have a book, maybe watch a movie and just, you know, be apart for a little bit or, mm-hmm. you know, or better yet, pray, um, you know, yeah. get that prayer in eventually. Right. Um, yeah. And th- th- I think that's the distinction between being lonely. And I would say, no, I don't feel alone. Yeah. There are times where like, oh, I want to see some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's when you call and reach out and, you know, try yeah. to to see friends. The other I mean, I think the other aspect of loneliness is not necessarily just a self-imposed, you know, reality. Sometimes. It's, you know, a result of, you know, a lack of charity on others' parts. Yeah, I I think each is their own, Father. So mm-hmm. I am sure everybody in each vocation, whether it's they're living the single... Well, I know single life isn't a vocation, but they're in their single life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean kind of, like just being single? Like, Yeah, I don't think it's a recognized vocation of the church. Well, no, there it is a single... The, per, the consecrated re, consecrated single. Consecrated... Yeah. yeah, that's the word. Thank consecrated you. single life is a vocation, but it... it it's not the same as religious community, yeah. but it's a specific. Well, I you have guess to take I vows. mean this like transient time when you mm. aren't a consecrated single, but you're still waiting to enter into your vocation. Right. And then there's religious life and mm-hmm. married life. And my spiritual director would always say that um, the loneliest people he's met were married. And mm-hmm. and it's essentially and you know, he would talk about it because I think a lot of times when young men and women discern religious life in the priesthood, their biggest fear is that I'm going to be lonely. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he was just kind of speaking to me about 
actually know, like, in his experience as a priest through hearing confession and counseling people, uh, the loneliest people are usually married. And wow. and I think it stems from the fact that, well, what is loneliness when we get back to Kayla's original Socratic question? Oh, <laughs> yes. it's true. It's what fact. is loneliness versus solitude? You know, um, loneliness, I think, is an absence of God, right? So we okay. all are lonely at times in our life because our hearts are restless until they rest in him. So mm-hmm. until I am in heaven, I will be struggling with loneliness Sometimes it's going to be more intensified than others, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so married people sometimes I think could be lonelier because they don't have that opportunity uh, to like ha- to receive the Eucharist every day and and have that time of like direct union with the Holy Eucharist. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense. But before we kind of continue to, to pull that apart, remember you're listening to a live for more on St. Gabriel Radio, AM 820. Remember, you can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And Trisha just made an excellent point about like the oh, difference. Say that again. Say that again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Trisha made an excellent point. I'm See, that's kidding. myself humiliating myself for you, Trisha. So you're welcome. Uh, Pride makes you lonely. Maybe that's why I have such a hard time. I don't know. Oh, no, I, 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 there's something to that. Anyways, Not for you. What's my excellent point? <laughs> Your excellent point was, you know, loneliness is that absence of God. You know, the difference between solitude and loneliness is that, you know, being restless, not putting yourself in the presence of Whereas God. Whereas solitude, you are like putting yourself in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Or at least comfortable like, with. Um, yeah. Sister, Sister Margaret from the Carmelites in L.A., she went to high school with us at Fisher Catholic. And I remember when she came home for a visit, she said, I learned to love silence, and through learning to love silence, I, I learned to silently love. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a mouthful, but learning to love silence, she learned to silently love. Right. And so like in that solitude, she learned to be more like Christ, because mm-hmm. everything grows in silence. Yeah. I mean, think about a flower or us in our mom's belly. Yeah. Right. There's not... I mean, Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see what you're saying, Trisha, about like how the loneliest people can be married, but I think that... I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's a I think, generalization too. I'm not saying yeah. that like every married couple is lonelier than every priest. That's not what I'm saying. Right. No. At all. But it's. Right, it's right. I, I, I guess. I think person, the point that she was trying to make was that company with another person mm-hmm. will not necessarily cure loneliness. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That right. you know, it's not going to be in being with others because you can be in a crowd and still feel like isolated, the mm-hmm. odd right. one out. I mean, I'm sure many of us have felt that way where we're where we're there and we don't know if we actually belong. Right. Um yeah. you know, that's you know, the there is that emptiness. It's a yearning for a relationship. It's that looking forward to, you know, being wanting to be alive for more. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes, well, it is. <laughs> I saw Kayla rolling well, her eyes when she saw what I was because going. Because Father totally took the words from a producer's mouth. Um, You're not supposed to reveal the secrets of the trade. <laughs> he fastened Most along. of what we say on the show is from the words of our producer. Right. It is. Yes, we have to acknowledge that. It is very that. true. We have like a ticker tape. No. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think that that is true. Like just as our producer, you know, told us that loneliness is that yearning for a relationship. And I think that that's where you know, as faithful Catholics, we're called to take that loneliness and transform it, you know, in the world, like that's where loneliness ends is a yearning for relationship. And we're constantly, you know, trying to seek for that fulfillment in other people or in other things or whatever that will eventually lead us to even more emptiness. And in our faith, like what a beautiful gift we have to transform that loneliness into solitude. Mm -hmm. Like any time that we feel lonely, 
that's when we're called to transform it. And I guess nights, it would be good, Kayla, to talk about how we can transform yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, am I so... And it, does it happen instantly? No, I mean, no, no, no. It's a conscious decision. Just like love is an act of the will, you know, like transforming loneliness into solitude is an act of the will. And for that first month, it was like so easy to be... And I don't have it all figured out and I need everyone to know that. And there are still times where I feel lonely. None of us but, do. It's okay. But I realize in, the, in my moments of loneliness, quote unquote, it's like self-pity, you know, yeah, and, it's like a vanity. Yes, almost. and like, so oh, well, me. Yeah, and and it's in those moments where I'm like, oh, I wish that I were in a relationship, or I wish I had children of my own, or I wish, you know, all those things. Those are very real feelings. But it's when I give that to the Lord and say, like, okay, Lord, for whatever reason, like I am here in this state in my life. What is it that you want me to do? And it's it you know does not come naturally or mm-hmm. easily, and it takes a lot of prompting. But suddenly, what was so difficult before kind of become second nature but not mm. quite yet but i think that it, you just have yeah. to turn it to prayer like and i and i i hear what you're saying and yeah. i am 100 behind you to take it to prayer but i do think that like and in my own experience you know like i have had that loneliness too of not being married and having children of my own and etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. and i can give that to the lord over and over and i don't think it makes it sometimes i think it intensifies the yearning mm-hmm. so can. like i think we need to really be careful on like we can have this loneliness and this la- like this like awareness that something is lacking or yeah. an absence. Well, I think this is a, a beautiful. There's a um, Bishop Robert Barron had um, had this book called The Strangest Way that he wrote while he was uh, still um, at um, Mundelein Seminary teaching, and in there he was talking about the Beatitudes. You know, a, a really beautiful meditation on the Beatitudes where, you know, instead of just like focusing on it on more positivistic kind of like this is what you should do, but looking at it from an emotional standpoint, blessed are you who mourn. He rephrased it. Blessed are you who aren't worried about how you feel yet still believe mm-hmm. you I mean, you will be comforted. Mm-hmm. You will receive the reward of your faith. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit, who are downtrodden, who, you know, and then he rephrases like, blessed are you who, you know, are just broken, you know, just almost despairing and like really just overwhelmed in this case, maybe in, in a sense, overwhelmed by loneliness. Blessed are you who acknowledge that yet still place your faith in Jesus Christ, who still choose to say, God, I believe in you. The these feelings will pass. These things can be taken up with your journey, um, and I and I think that's that, that's a really important distinction. That faith is not a feeling, you know. Yeah. And and all of this, yes, faith the feelings are important. I, I, I am yeah. not meaning to dismiss that, but faith does not. Faith and feelings are not on the same level. As it were. I mean, does that make sense? Am I, like, explaining myself well, no, I hope? No, it does make sense. I think maybe to translate, like, the sense that even though we give this loneliness and this awareness that something in our life is lacking to God, it doesn't mean that it's going to feel better. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it, it, in his divine wisdom, sometimes I think it even feels worse. Right. When we can see the beauty of, like... The gifts he can give us. Well, I have another example of that, but before yeah. we do that, remember you're listening to a live for more on Saint Gabriel Radio AM eight twenty. My name is Father Nick Ventura, and I'm in the studio with Kayla Walton and Trisha Casson. And right now we're just talking about like this distinction between loneliness and solitude. And you know, Trisha just mentioned, and Kayla, we we're just all talking about how sometimes even trying to turn you know the feelings of loneliness over in prayer kind of intensifies it. 
Well, an example, another example of where when we start turning to the Lord, when we're trying to do something to turn more towards him, it intensifies it, is fasting. I mean, mm. how much do you guys want to eat a steak on Fridays during Lent when you know you can't? I mean, I, I don't know. That's an experience with me. Like, you know, like I want to, I, yeah. I never want a T-bone more. That's when hilarious. you can't have one. Than when I can't have one. Okay. So in another sense, you know, fasting is an important part of, you know, growing in faith. I mean, we give up stuff. We discipline our bodies to open ourselves more up to spiritual realities. You know, when we're not eating, just because you're turning it over in prayer doesn't mean your hunger goes away. Right, right. Often or not, you feel more hungry. Yeah, those are very real feelings. And I think in our culture, you know, especially with young adults and in my own life, I mean, I'm not an exception of this at all in any means. We can get lonely and then we try to fill our time with things then. Mm-hmm. So like I'm lonely, mm-hmm. so I'm going to be in 10 different clubs and I'm going to volunteer at three different places Everything. and I'm going to, you know, take a walk with a different friend every day. And and we try to fill these loneliness with things instead of instead of like turning to the, the Lord. And I do think that there's a. I don't know, a realism and yeah, yeah fill the, your time the, with, like a healthy balance. The introvert yeah. in me when you said take a different a walk with a friend that... with a different uh, with a different friend every day just made the introvert in me go, Ugh, that sounds awful. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> Trisha and I are total extroverts, so we're like, Oh my gosh, that's right, I just did that. <laughs> yeah, I if I had to walk with a different friend every single day, I'd be like, uh, I can't do this. I need to hide. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so I mean that's diff- but anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Trisha. Oh, I apologize. No, no, no. I just I think that there's um yeah, maybe we should talk about like practical ways on, you know, ways we've failed to overcome loneliness and things that we've found in our lives that is helpful. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, I guess to start out with a failed is, you know, filling when you do feel you're trying to fill it in with different things. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if I'm feeling lonely, sometimes I was like, oh, if I just watch a movie, I'll feel better. And really that does. And that could have been a moment where the Lord was saying, hey, no, I want you to spend some time in prayer mm-hmm. with me or mm-hmm. i want you to experience this loneliness so you know that this world is not your home yeah you know it's that moment or you know are we going to do both failures and successes or oh, failures father, first wh- whatever no trisha you you <laughs> are the arbiter here whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh are we going to go back to the argument are the millennials still the most lonely generation well, we are because our, look at our suicide rate look at our i mean i i don't know i think that we must be Okay. I think the world is lonely right now. Okay. I mean, I, I agree I think with the fact always... that it is lonely. I don't know about the loneliest. I think it's always been lonely. I think we're just more yeah. aware of it. I think ever since the fall, that's where. That's yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> we realized where where this creation has fallen. We realize, yeah, this should not be this way. Right. We should be in union with the one who is community. Yeah. God. Yeah. No, I agree that the world has always been lonely, but I do think that we can say that there's been times okay. where we're lonelier and times when the human race seems happier. No, that's... I mean, I, I mean, wish one of us was a historian because I'm sure they'd be on my side. <laughs> or an anthropologist. <laughs> <laughs> You're well, what, None of us are, so we're just saying statistics. Well, what, aren't, that, I, aren't I... A, okay. All right. But but statistics I have out. a gut feeling that right now we're the loneliest generation. All right. <laughs> so go with my gut. Okay. Go... That's you put forth a very compelling there argument. Yeah. So, are we going to talk about failures more or successes more? Uh, I, let's talk about yeah. both. I mean, I okay. Mean, so, it, I guess in my own life, the days that I have felt the loneliest are my days without prayer. 
mm-hmm. and because you just get so sucked into you, you know, and and those are the days where it's hardest. Those are the days where my job is the hardest. My relationships don't seem to be working. Everything just seems to be crumbling because it is like mm-hmm. I am not a firm foundation. Like that is the bottom line. I am not. And if I rely on myself too much, that is when I get so lonely. Yeah. But like when when my day is filled with prayer, not just in those moments where I feel lonely, but like just filled with good prayer, you realize that you are never alone. Like you mm-hmm. you never are. Like you are yeah. surrounded by hundreds of thousands of the community of saints of our Lord, of you know, just like everyone. And it's but we that's not like going to come to us at the snap of a finger. Like we have to consciously be aware of that. I think that's along the lines of, you know, self-awareness. I mean, mm-hmm. like someone who is really self-aware, who's aware of their identity as being an image and likeness of God is not. I mean, they experience bouts of loneliness, but it's not a despair. It's like, OK, I mean, that that awareness of journey. But at the same time, yeah. thinking, you know, if I am who I am, I do not have to be afraid of not having another mm-hmm. with me because I am with the other right. God. You're listening to a live for more on St. Gabriel radio. You can listen to us on Thursdays at noon or Sundays at three. My name is Trisha Cass and I'm joined in the studio today by Kayla Watlin and father Ventura. And we're talking about loneliness and um, right now we're discussing ways we have fallen deeper into loneliness and things that we've found in our lives that have helped us overcome this kind of despair, this awareness that we're missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my life and, and I think in general, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, the devil is like conniving, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he's smart. And, and so when we're feeling lonely and maybe not ourselves and out of sorts, I think that's when we're really vulnerable to him. Um, and so I think just an awareness of like, okay, you know, I'm not at a good spot in my life and, and Satan's going to get after me. And so sometimes well, I found that my loneliness is worse when like my sin, like I just keep sinning more, or, you know, like I, I fall back into habitual sin or I, you know, introduce a new sin into my life. And mm-hmm. um, I just to think that like sin, sin makes us lonely mm-hmm. and sin Isolates has made us. me lonely. Yeah. And, um, and so just like an awareness that, yeah, like when you are lonely, like talk to someone, talk to a priest, talk to a good friend you can trust, get an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think sometimes what in my life, what heightens loneliness is like when something really bad happens or something really good happens mm-hmm. and you don't have somebody to share it with or you feel like you don't have something to share it with. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for it, sure. it, it does. Could you describe like... Um, I mean, not without getting like <laughs> details way, way too vulnerable for the radio. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no I'm not mean, asking that, but I'm like, just like more yeah. to kind of to flesh it out what it means for that. Like, do you want me to take it over? Sure. Like, we were such a social people that like our first instinct when something really good happens is to want to go and tell someone about it. So mm-hmm. whether that's like. For Trish and I, that would probably, God willing, be our future spouse, you know, or whatever it is. And so we like have this yearning to tell someone or to turn to someone for that reassurance when things are really hard. Like we want to have that one person Mm -hmm. that we can go to. And as amazing as our friends are, like I I know that I could go to Trisha with anything or you or, you know, whoever else with anything. But there's that yearning, I think, in our hearts to have like that one person. Right. And to to, like, you know, but but I also think it kind of in... I'm not saying on, on you particular people, yeah. but I think that's also an indication that we want to possess others. And it's like, mm-hmm. it should be 
God. Or it yeah. could just be an awareness that we're made for community. We are made for community. No, yeah, no, we true. are. We are made for community. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you think we're also... We're made for union. Uh, uh, yes, we are. We're made by in the image of the Trinity. So, I mean... That is true. Community yeah. it's, uh, yep. itself. I mean, our producer gave us another thing is that like when we're lonely, I mean, are we less likely to be grateful for the relationships we do have? Yeah. You know, and would gratitude be yeah. a way to kind of combat... You know the, yeah. the I ugliness think of loneliness. Gratitude is a way to combat loneliness. I know when I was, it was a couple years ago, I was in spiritual direction and um, complaining of loneliness, and my spiritual director had me pray the Magnificat mm-hmm. oh, every yeah, day, yeah. and it was super helpful. And it, yeah. for those listeners who are not sure what the Magnificat is, it's Mary's response to Elizabeth when she goes and visits her cousin, and her cousin says, "Like, well, blessed are you, Mary." Mm-hmm. And, um, my soul proclaims the greatness yeah, of the Lord. Yeah, and she just like proclaims like how good God is and how grateful she is mm-hmm. for Him. Yeah. And um, it's a really powerful prayer to combat loneliness. And yeah. there's there's actually um, I, I saw a great YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Some good things come from YouTube, believe it or not. But there's a <laughs> Charlie. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, stop. Um, that's an old video. Anyways, but there's a great video where like these people are you know are taken apart and they're they're like talking about who do you cherish the most all right we want you to write a thank you note Mm -hmm. um and it's a blind study because they're trying to test like if are people happier when they thank someone oh yeah Yeah. and so like they asked them write them a thank you note there's a Mm -hmm. book called like eucharistio or something like that and it's not about the eucharist because the eucharist means thanksgiving and it's written by this Mm -hmm. woman who wrote like something she was thankful for every day i think yeah 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 yeah. and And what they did in the study in this video Forbes has a study about it too they they told them all right now you're going to call that person yeah they gave them a phone call that person and read that note to them and they found consistently they were almost like they had them say rate your happiness level before they did this thing Mm -hmm. and then afterwards they all noticed like a, a huge increase. A huge jump in ha- happiness. Yeah. Well, Father, I am really grateful for you and your priesthood. Oh, thank you, Trish. I'm very grateful for your friendship. We've known each other a long <laughs> oh, time now. Fine, if we have to go there. <laughs> Father, I am really grateful for you. Oh I'm usually the sentimental one. And Trish, I'm really grateful for you. So, I mean, it, it's good. I mean, if you... that That is a good combat yeah. to loneliness is to... Say thank you to someone. Yeah. I mean, and, and we actually did mean. We actually do are very thankful yeah. for one another. It may have yeah, sounded sarcastic, yeah. sounded sarcastic. Yeah, but we actually are very grateful for one another. And it, sorry, I know that we have to go, but one thing just to kind of jump on what Trisha said that I think can be really, really helpful is to talk to others about our loneliness. I know that like some of the most fruitful times that I've had are when I tell my mom or my sister, whoever it is, that like I'm feeling really lonely right now. And it, sometimes just even bringing to light that feeling can help in and of itself and know mm-hmm. that this is temporary, this is passing, so on and so forth, you know. But, well, no, I think we've had a good conversation. I yeah. mean, some disagreements, but a good Slightly conversation heated. overall. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're going to close in prayer right now, so we're just going to close with the glory be. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and ever, ever shall be, be world, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, you can join us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online, on demand at com. Thanks again, and may God bless you. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then he said-